the Vinny Rock Hey, what's up, guys? You guys know that this show wouldn't be possible if it wasn't for our sponsors. I'm just going to give a couple highlights right here. I know I'm going to miss a few because uh, this is something new, but eventually I'm going to have more organization. I'll be able to hit all the key points. But right now, first of all, off the top of my head, we're going to say Let's Singers Whiskey. Let's Singers Whiskey. Obviously, we have a bourbon. We have a rye, a spice or cinnamon whiskey, right? Yeah, I call it a cinnamon. Yeah, and a, and a, and a spice rum. So those are amazing. Find them in a, in a place near you. If you cannot find the unicorn of whiskey, please go ahead and contact one of the social media pages, Facebook, Instagram, whatever, and uh, we'll tell you what states we do have it in currently. There's a few surprises. We have a few big states that we just signed, so I'm pretty excited about that. Another one of our sponsors, and I'm proud to be an owner of this, is Warfighter Tobacco. Warfighter Tobacco is a brand that started no more than about a year ago and actually took off from the Drinker Bros podcast and now is continuing on to jump on with this podcast, uh, obviously because I am one of the shareholders. <laughs> uh, but some exciting news in the Warfighter Tobacco world. Uh, we have partnered up with a big, big company. Placencia Cigars is the ones that are making ours now. They are producing them for us. Uh, the quality of them has just shot through the roof. They're a Nicaragua brand now. And uh, they're ex- it's an exciting new thing. I think if you guys have had them before and you love them, you're going to freaking die for these now. Uh, go check out WarfighterTobacco.com, Warfighter Tobacco on Instagram and Facebook. Give them a follow and check them out. Another one of our sponsors, you already know, Steel. This is one of our our, our, our big sponsors that jumped on board and helped us out really early on. And that is, not to be confused with Warfighter Tobacco, but this is Warfighter Hemp. Yes. If you're uh, tired of the opiates and the zombie apocalypse, <laughs> the zombie dope, or P- PTSD symptoms, uh, the CBD oil. The CBD right? oil is kind of the way to go for, there's no... Yeah, there's no psychedelic effect. There's, no, invo- there's no involvement with uh, psychedelic effects or anything like that. So. And I, am I correct? This is legal in every state? Yes, it I'm, is legal. Yeah, so this one of the things. This is uh, something that Boone is a big, big uh, advocate for. This is uh, CBD oils. This is supposed to be. I haven't tried it yet, personally. I'm, I need to jump on board, uh, but uh, I'm not sure if I'm allowed to yet or not, so I'm actually looking into that. Yeah. And I think I am. Even though I'm military, I think I'm still allowed to. You still got that stigma of it. Right. I'm nervous, right? Yeah. Like, all of a you put, but let me double check on that for you guys before you do it. If you're military, anyone else, go ahead and check it out. Um, this is... Warfighter Hemp. Uh, what's the promo code for Warfighter Hemp? The promo code for Warfighter Hemp is Vinny. V-I-N-N-Y. That's it? That's Vinny. it. Just Vinny. Promo code is You're Vinny. the man on that. Well, You're the I man like on that. that. If you use Vinny as a promo code, you'll get uh, a little bit of percentage off. Am I right? Yes, sir. You will get 10%. 10% off. And, and uh, you guys use that code. Uh, check it out. Let me know how it goes. I would love to hear some of the feedback on this. Don't forget, that's Warfighter Hemp. Uh, yes, and another one of our sponsors, Article 15 Clothing. You guys know where it's at, article15clothing.com. Check them out. They got women's shirts, men's shirts. They also got some winter line coming out here soon. Check it out. Hey, if you use the promo code ROCCO, R-O-C-C-O, I'm pretty sure it still gives you 10%. If it does, let me know. If it doesn't, let me know. Our next sponsor is Valor. ValorSpirits.com has a sweetener that is made from the nectar of the agave plant. Uh, these guys are two combat veterans, one Marine, one Army, are now just living a life trying to make a business and make it happen. I'm very excited to have these guys on board. If you guys want to check their product, you can find it on Amazon. If you're going to use the promo code, there's the only way you can get it on Amazon. You can use the promo code called Vinny Rock, and that's capital V, capital R. Okay, so check them out. That's Valor. It's an art. It's not an artificial. It's an actual sweetener. The actual sweetener. Yeah, it's, it's an good, actual though. sweetener, and it's good. It's very good, and it's made from the nectar of the agave plant. I love that. It's uh, I put it in my coffee. It's do you? It's, yeah, it's good. You fucking sweet ass bitch. <laughs> All right, guys, go check them out. Record. Wow. Holy smokes. Hey, what's up, guys? This uh, this is our first podcast. Uh, I'm actually scared out of my mind. If you guys don't know, my name is uh, Vincent Rocco Vargas, uh, known by Rocco or Vincent or Vince or Vinny Rock now. Kind of, It's kind of getting confusing at this point, right? But uh, I'm here. Uh, my buddy, my boy, my college baseball buddy, he's actually helped me with the podcast. He is my sound engineer, self-taught, actually. Uh, this is Mr. Kasner. Mr. Kaz, how you doing, bud? Good. How's it going today? Good. So this is my boy. We played college ball together. Uh, you know, I gave him the call and said, dude, I need some help with a project of mine. He uh, jumped on his ruckus and made it here. All the way from Idaho. <laughs> 35 miles an hour the whole way. I had no clue what a ruckus was until I saw it. Oh, man, they're great. I'm, I'm actually a big fan. That's actually how I'm learning to ride a motorcycle, and that is a true statement. But uh, we'll get to that another time. Yep. So, guys, you know, uh, if, you, if you know who I am, you know why I'm doing this. I decided to uh, kind of do my own 
podcast because of uh, certain situations that are going on in my life, right? And I'll get into that a little bit more after this. Uh, who am I? For the people that don't know, right? Maybe we're going to pull in one or two or three or four, hopefully 20, that don't know who I am and want to, or are going to be interested in hearing this podcast. Ah, I am Vince Vargas. Let's see. I'm just going to go through it real quick. Born in San Fernando Valley, California in 1981. Uh, you know, went to high school in James Monroe High School. Played some baseball there. Played a little bit of football as well. Played on the summer basketball teams as well. Uh, never actually played a full season, actually a season at all of basketball, but I love the damn sport. I actually did the same thing in college. I played on one of the like uh, practice teams for a little while. But either way, after uh, high school, I did some junior college in Valley Community College. Got in a little bit of trouble. Went to uh, Glendale Community College. Got in a little bit of trouble and went to uh, Northern California where I met my man here, Kaz. No trouble there, though. No trouble there. Just uh, good old baseball, right? It was actually the best summer baseball of my life. Uh, we're going to get to that in a whole different show when we talk about baseball and what baseball has actually done for me in my life. But, again, continuing on. Uh, after that, I went up to Kentucky. I played at a school called Brescia University and uh, made it all the way through a preseason before, boom, I was hit with... Academically ineligible. Academic ineligibility? That's what it is. There you go. That's the correct one. So I lost the full ride I had there. I already stacked about 4,000 in college debts because I'm an idiot. And uh, I decided to join the military. So from there, I joined the military, took off to the military in 2003 uh, in October to uh, Fort Benning, Sand Hill, as an infantryman with an Option 40 contract. At the time, I don't believe it's called Option 40. I think it was just a RIP contract. Uh, got through all that, luckily, you know, not knowing what I was doing. Again, this will be a whole different topic. We're going to talk about that. It's pretty wild. But uh, got into Ranger Battalion, 2nd of the 75th Ranger Regiment when I wanted 1st Battalion. And 1st uh, Battalion is actually by the beach, right? So I think everybody wants to be by the beach. But instead, I was uh, sent to 2nd Ranger Battalion in Washington. Did my four years there. During those four years, I did three combat tours. Uh, let's see, two to Afghanistan, one to Iraq. Um, you know, several different schools, ranger school, blah, 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 other things. And then after that, I got out and went to Arizona to raise the kids, uh, became a corrections officer for a few years. From there, I jumped into the border patrol. Oh, from the corrections officer, let's see, I became a special operations of the corrections, corrections. And then I jumped into the border patrol after that. And then after a couple of years of the border patrol, I jumped into the special operations there with Boar Star. And I was attached to BORTAC for a good part of my career there. After that... I think everyone from here that knows who I am knows kind of how it went down. Uh, I was part of Article 15 Clothing, still am part of Article 15 Clothing. We started doing YouTube videos, or Matt was already doing those, and I jumped on board with him just being a buddy of mine, him being from Second Ranger Battalion. And, uh, you know, from there, it just kind of took off. I, I gained my passion once again for entertainment and have decided to resign from the Border Patrol in about 2015, and I continue on a path with hopefully in the future with more television and movies and whatnot. And so that's where we're at today. I am also a husband and a father of six. Four before I was married, and I was just blessed to have two more coming to the family that were my wife's kids, Christy. And so now we're doing it, man. We moved to Salt Lake City, Utah area. And uh, we're just kind of working on so many different projects, right? I mean, yeah. you know, like Steel's down, down Mr. Kasner, he's down here helping me with so much crap. It's insane. Um, you know, I started doing the whole entrepreneur thing, uh, and I learned so much. I sat back and watched and learned from some of the greats, some of the badasses out there in the industry, uh, guys like Matt Best, like guys like Evan Hafer, guys like uh, Jared Taylor. I mean, we can continue, like, uh, let's see, Nick Palmashano, all these guys that were kind of business mentors of mine, and recently uh, a guy named Luke Webster, which you guys will have a whole show to Luke Webster and understanding what Luke has created. He's one of those guys that's turned a $8, $9 uh, web domain into a multi-million dollar brand. And so... Thing, and, and just so you guys know, you're going to hear things. You're going to hear probably dogs in the background. You're going to hear kids <laughs> running around. Why is that? Because I built the set in my garage. Me and Kazner, we were in here for about four days. A couple other drinking bros joined in, and uh, we created this set that you see behind uh, in some of the videos that you'll see me posting. And uh, and so we decided to make it happen, man. This podcast, like why did I decide to do a podcast? I think that's what we should get on to, right? Yeah, let's 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 uh, get to the nitty-gritty of that. Nitty-gritty. Why do we So, you know, I was part of the Drinking Bros podcast, which I love. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, that's one of one of mine and Jared's and Matt's and, and Ross's brainchilds and we decided to create something fun for the community. I'm a long-time listener of uh, Joe Rogan and I love the podcast world. I really do. And so, you know, the the content on the Drinking Bros, if you guys are listeners and long-time listeners of the Drinking Bros, you know how it gets. It gets pretty wild and crazy. And as much as I love that space, I have to kind of 
protect my brand, you know, my personal brand. I got to protect it because the direction that I'm trying to go is, is a little bit more mainstream. And when you go mainstream, you got to really watch what you do. I mean, I, I'm telling you, you, when I'm able to discuss more in detail, you'll understand what I'm talking about. I just kind of have to, I have to uh, keep my mouth closed for a little bit longer. And eventually you'll hear some of the crazy exciting news that's going on in my world. And this is why I had to step back, take a break from uh, the Jigger Bros podcast. But don't worry, you'll see me on there from time to time when uh, we're going to talk about MMA and we're going to talk about other things. There's times where I will be back on the podcast when I can find the time. But instead, I decided to make my own podcast. I wanted a place where I can uh, give my opinions. I wanted a place where I can talk about what I want to talk about for, for the people that do follow me, understanding like I'm a, I'm a big-time family man. I'm a big-time uh, speaker for the veteran community about positivity, about uh, transitioning and, and finding yourself again. And so this is kind of one of those things. You're going to hear a lot about my life, a lot of the things that I've fucked up, a lot of the things that I still can't fucking get right, and a lot of things that I'm getting right. And so you're talking to a guy who has now six kids, who's raised the kids uh, by himself for a little while. I've gone through two divorces, and I'm, I'm currently on my third marriage. Uh, not ashamed. Not ashamed. This is the life that we take. We all have our routes. And uh, right now, currently, I'm in a position where I'm loving life. I'm loving the way things are going. And it's one of those perseverance, right? Like like we talk about in baseball. Like baseball is one of those sports, I believe, that's it's where I got a lot of my, uh, what do you say, resiliency. Yeah, right, it'll, right. It'll beat you. It'll beat you down. Exactly, good. and then that's kind of life. Life is going to beat you down, you know. And so, since since for all these years, my life has been kind of beating me down right now. Uh, I think all the years of of building that resilience, living a life of a lot of failure, I've been able to bounce back, you know, and, and see the positives and see the light at the end of the tunnel. And so, I'm going to continue on with that, and I'll be speaking on some of these topics later on in in further episodes. So. Right, still? Is that, is that, yeah, I mean, you're going to have a lot of topics going to go on here. I'm trying to. Yeah. Super nervous about it all, though. I'm yeah, not, yeah. <laughs> you feel a little bit nervous? Super nervous. This yeah. is like, this is, uh, you know, I usually have my boys to back me up. And so, like, those guys, you know, we kind of banter to how we do. And, um, you know, and now it's just me. And I feel like, like, all eyes and all ears on me. And oh. so, you want to make sure you do it right. It's good to be a little transparent about it. They'll let them know you're a little nervous, but you'll be fine it's one of those things where like you know no matter how scared i am it doesn't stop me from making the effort right i'm gonna i'm gonna attempt to fucking do it and if i fuck it up well then i'll just do it again yeah you can give it 100 <laughs> percent. that's all you gotta do man <laughs> all right man so i you know there's a there's a lot there's a lot i mean there's so many things i can talk about this one i mean let's i mean let's just let's just shoot off the hip from the beginning who i am yeah you know? yeah let's just uh what do you feel what do you feel like talking about right now anything it doesn't matter i think i think one of the most important things in my life is is kids yeah how about that? We can just talk about the kids, you know. Got great kids, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know. I've I've only seen the good side to them so far. Yeah, they're, they're well, they're raised hard. Yeah. <laughs> I was talking about that the other day, man. I was like, they're raised hard. Like, I think one one of the things is each kid, and this is what I learned in leadership as well. Like, let's just jump into Ranger School is where I learned a lot about leadership and they call it a leadership school and i wouldn't necessarily say it's a leadership school if you don't take it that way right it's more of a suck fest like it sucks balls freaking uh not eating not sleeping carrying a lot of weight for a long period of time and depending on everyone around you to do the right thing that's exactly what that that's exactly what range school is 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 the fact that i have to depend on the guy to the left and right of me to do his job and it doesn't always happen and right. it's not just for like a week long or a couple no. day thing. You're, you're in there for a little while. Aren't it's you? Uh, it's about 63 days, 63, 64 days, I believe. Give me a second. Let me, let me take a sip of this Lead Singers whiskey. Hold on. Get it on. Oh, damn, that's good. I haven't, had, I haven't sat down and had a drink of Lead Singers in a couple days. So I actually haven't seen you drink it that, that often, maybe like no. once or twice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, we have several bottles here. You can see them in the background. Uh, we have several bottles of whiskey here, but, you know, I try not to drink too much. I'm actually, you know, the whole heart thing. Which that's a whole different subject of my health and when we get into fitness and blah, blah, blah. But like I was saying, Ranger School is a place where I sucked, man. As in like I was feeling the most doubt. But at the same time, I started to understand what leadership meant. And in my opinion, what leadership meant, I think everyone is different, right? The, the way we're all raised is different. The way my father raised me is different than the way father raised you and the way, you know what I mean? And so when I learned that everyone has a different leadership style that works for them and i was able to kind of grasp that right and i think the only way you know how someone reacts to a leadership style is by getting to know them and so i got to know my buddies you know one of my closest buddies is uh smallwood smallwood was uh the guy that pretty much saved my life in ranger school 
But, uh, you know, I got to know who can get yelled at, right? There's some guys that you're just like, listen up, motherfucker. If you don't do what I say, I'm going to fucking kick your ass, right? And those guys, they'll react, right? But if you do that to someone that's not used to that, you do that to someone that was raised different like that, that was that was raised more, I don't know, maybe say, hey, don't disappoint me kind of, kind of attitude. Yeah, the ones that didn't get spanked very much as a kid. Yeah, exactly, do. exactly. The one that doesn't. Yeah, the ones that are not raised in my house. <laughs> well, those are the ones that that um, they shut down. They shut down when you yell at them like that, right? Because they, they they just don't know when how to react to like how do you react to that when someone just yells at you? Like, well, me personally, that's how I was raised. My dad would he'd raise his voice. You know, he would discipline us when we were wrong, and he'd praise us when we were right. And that and that's something that I I try to reciprocate as well with my kids. Uh, maybe maybe you know a little bit more fun because my dad was just kind of a very hardworking dude, but his person didn't shine too much until he was older. I think it was just the, the stresses of trying to raise a family, man, trying to, trying to work your ass off for it, you know? Well, you were telling me when you were younger, your dad didn't ever change any of your guys' diapers or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, well, it's a different time. Yeah. Right? Like, it's a different time where, like, that to him was, was feminine. It, was, it wasn't, like, he was just the old school mentality. And, and I don't blame him at all. It's, it's however his father as well was around and, and how he showed him. And it's just that very masculine way of, you know, the men doesn't do things that women should. And, and so, and I don't necessarily believe in that, right? That's just not who I am personally. But that's how, you know, how I was raised now. Yeah. And so, like, when I was in range school, I was able to learn these guys and kind of like, listen, man, I fucking need your help today. Like, don't disappoint me. And these guys would do their work, right? And then you got the other guys who were like, I had to be like, listen, motherfucker, I'm going to beat the fuck out of you. I swear to you, if you don't fucking wake your ass up and do the goddamn mission, right? And so, <laughs> and so you would be surprised that you can get a lot of motivation out of these guys once you know how to lead them. And with that being said, I have six kids. Yeah, there's a lot of them. Yeah, and all six have a different personality. They do. Like, quite it, a bit. it's insane. And so, how do I lead each of them? I have to know them, right? I know what makes them tick. I know what motivates them. And this is without my own personal, I guess, beliefs pushed upon them, right? Like, when I say that, like, I have a daughter that wants to wrestle. Well, she doesn't want to wrestle anymore, but I'm kind of pushing the thought, like, I think she needs to wrestle. And this goes into a whole crazy argument that, that I'm still having with my wife about. But, I know what makes them tick. I pay attention to them to enough, enough to, that knows when they're upset, what hurt their feelings. Um, damn, I mean anything. And so I know, like, like, let's just go down the line. We'll just go down. My oldest one, her name is Belle. She's the she's the very mature. She's kind of the leader of the pack. Um, she's fun personality and everything. But I know she is very quiet with her emotions. She will not express herself very much. And so I have to kind of pick and choose. I have to dig a little bit with her. To identify, like, what's the underlining reason why she's upset right now? You know? You kind of have to, like, really ask her a lot of questions. Or yeah, I have to dig. Yeah. I have to get her in a really comfortable zone for her to finally give up what's going on. You know what I mean? Like, you know, like a boy issue or, or whatever the case, right? And so it takes it takes some working with that girl, right? And then you go, let's go to the one next. It's just in order from oldest to youngest. Then you got Star. Star wears her emotions on her sleeve. That girl, she just she will cry when she sees a dog uh, crying. She she'll uh, laugh. She's the craziest, funniest person. You know, she's just a very explosive personality, fun, fun girl, but also a fighter's heart. And it, what what it reminds me of is my father, and just knowing as in the fighting heart. You know what I'm saying? But like just knowing her, I know I have to tread lightly on certain subjects. I know I have to approach things in a certain way, like this whole wrestling thing. Like I told, I was like, listen, I. You don't realize how talented you are. And um, with that being said, I won't allow you to quit because you're scared. Right? Yeah, you can't let your kids quit just because they're scared. Right. And so I won't let her quit because she's scared. I won't let her quit because she thinks she's terrible when she lost to the, the number five, uh, fifth place kid in the state by one point. Yeah, and she's not wrestling girls. She's right. wrestling exactly. other boys. And, well, she will be wrestling, wrestling girls this year, though. Yeah. But, but yeah, so it's like one of those things where I know I need to talk to her differently. Then you got Hunter. Hunter is is a whole different being for me because I am kind of more of the masculine side of a dude, but I have those natural now emotions where I do cry for like father-daughter movies and, and, and kid stuff. And there's things that I do, it's a triggers that little emotional side of me. Well, it happens with age. Like when you get older, you start crying. It's like humanity, you know? like, oh my God, it's so beautiful. <laughs> like Homer Bound is still one of the saddest <laughs> endings of all time. Oh dude, when I watch Southpaw... As I think I, th I cried three times out of sadness and then once out of it, like excitement. Like that movie just tears me apart. I haven't me. seen it yet. I don't know if I want to now. You're out of I your mind. If I'm going to cry. Oh, you're going to love it. Just stay in your room and cry. Dude, it's fine. <laughs> just let it, <laughs> let it out. It's like that movie makes me cry. But that's how it is. Like, like now my age, 
you know, there's going to be guys listening to this. Like, some of you guys listening to this going to be like, oh, what a bitch. Like, what a buzzy. You know, like, what I say to that is like, fuck you, right? Like, <laughs> That's just me. That's like, fuck just me. You, you let me be me. Like, I'm not going to, you know, I don't care how masculine you think you are. I'm going to cry whenever the fuck I want. And uh, on, on South Ball, I cried three fucking times. Once because I was really happy though. that I'm So that's four. But either way, so that's her, right? And the, Hunter is the emotional male. Mm-hmm. He, is, uh, he likes bright colors. He likes to dance. He doesn't like confrontation. And so for me, my oldest son, raising him and expecting him to be like me was hard to swallow. Yeah. Uh, imagine that, right? Like when, 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 Kaz, when you have your first son, you're going to kind of think like, man, he's going to be a badass baseball player. And then he goes and tells you like, I don't like baseball, Dad. Yeah, that, that would see for me, like, going to be a first-time parent. If I was going to be a first-time parent, I would be just scared about, you know, like, the things that I was into as a kid, sports and stuff like that. But if my kid wanted to do something different, you know, I'll be it. You know, that's fine. Well, you, you kind of have to, right? Yeah. You can't but, force him to do something. But like, you're telling me it won't hurt your heart a little bit that your boy doesn't want to play baseball? Oh, yeah, it would crush me. It would crush me internally. I, don't, I wouldn't outright tell him, though. Like, the know? one sport where you know... You can coach, you can teach, and you can't hand them that craft that took you so many years to learn. Yeah, yeah. That's exactly. And so Hunter plays baseball, but he's, it's not a passion of his. He's more into, uh, he says dance. He wants to be a singer and a dancer one day. And so, oh, well, I guess we'll let him be a singer and a dancer. I, I, I don't even know how to promote that. Yeah, like, but next thing you know, you could be... Justin Biebs? Yeah, just oh, beeping it up, man. Dude, and that's the thing. Like, like I don't. if that's his passion, bro, do it, right? Yeah. And so like, I'm definitely going to help him as far as I can to uh, make sure he, he does well in his dreams. But uh, I don't know that world. Maybe, well, you're starting to get to know that world now. Um, start uh, taking auditions for the Disney Disney Channel and all that kind of stuff like that. Well, I'm saying I got to start figuring out where to lead him in the right direction for that. Yeah. But it's different, right? And then, and then so let's go to the next one. Uh, we got Holden, who's uh, he's my eight-year-old. He's the one that has a reading, reading disorder, just like me. And so there's a lot of similarities there. Plus, he's a spitting image of you. I could just picture like a little mini Vince right there. That's exactly it. Like he looks just like me. He had this reading disability. He's also very talented in sports. And so it's like, dude, this is a little me, which Mm. is even more scary for me because it's like I know how hard I struggled with things in school, like reading. Like, dude, I was made fun of for years about my reading, and it was just like one of those things where I start counting right before. Right before it was my time to, to, to read, like, I would count. Yeah, I'd be like, okay, read that many lines ahead. Oh, so you knew it. Yeah, okay. and then one kid reads one line too fucking far. I'm like, you motherfucker. <laughs> now we got to start all over you again. You just fucked up my shit, dog. Yeah, dude, so I'd just leave the class and I'd say I have to go pee or some shit. Like, dude, it was a fucking hard time. Well, back then, back when, you know, the school back then, there were there wasn't a lot of focus on kids like with that had dyslexia and things like that. It was more of just you sat with all the other kids. There's not wasn't the special programs they have. Right. Now. And you know what? My parents, bless their hearts, they work so hard. Um, I think, I mean, even when they identified I did have a uh, reading disorder, we went to a reading t- tutor for about a year and it just didn't help. Right. Like, I think I got closer to where I was. But then again, I went to high school and then it got worse. And eventually me being good at baseball was able to be one of those things where I can kind of squeeze through all the classes I, I'm, I'm telling you, my, my, my class grades, uh, man, let's see. I probably have never gotten straight C's. I think everything has been C's, D's, F's, like my whole life. I've gone to summer school for almost probably, uh, let's see, from seventh grade all the way to my senior year, every year. Really? Every year. Whoa. Yeah, I had to go because I had to make up classes. That's how far behind I was getting because I kept failing classes. And it was like, I didn't do homework. You know, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, because I couldn't read. I was frustrated as fuck. You know what I'm saying? I didn't, I didn't do any of the hard projects. Uh, summer school is one of those things if you show up every day in summer school usually they give you a C yeah you're passing for sure right because I'm just there yeah and so I showed up every damn day I put a smile on my face and you know and I got through and so I ended up getting through high school I didn't get my actual cap and gown until the day of graduation I had to negotiate that and I grabbed it and ran and got in line that's how That's how, it was just pretty, pretty uh, dramatic were you scared that you were going to graduate to walk? Or? I was terrified if I did, and my dad would whoop my ass. <laughs> did your dad know that you're? Did your dad know that you're close to oh, not they, graduating? They all knew. Oh, okay, they all knew. It was like my sister. I have a twin sister, so they all knew my sister was uh, obviously going to do very well. And then you got me. And it's like what? Like it was growing up it was like this. Like she got straight A's. They're like, yeah. If she got a B. They're like, what the hell? What are you doing? Blah blah blah. And they're like, me. I got. If I got straight C's, dude, I, I swear they would have bought me a car. Yeah, they were taking <laughs> they were taking you out for steak dinner. Yeah, and stuff like, like it was that. a great yeah. It's a little bit of a unfair advantage, but that's just the way it was. So the, so we go back to Holden, right? Right. He's the one that that is very similar to me. So I'm trying to do my best to make him the best version of me, right? I made a lot of mistakes uh, growing up, and if sports becomes his thing, I plan to uh, 
really mentor him more. I think the one thing that I wish I had better as a kid is listen to a lot of my mentors, my father, my brother, listen to a lot of people that, that knew more than me. And I was just such a hard headed, like, eh, I'll figure it out. I'll do it myself. You know? Yeah, you were listening to other people, kind of. No, you could, you, they would win one ear and out the other. Kind right, of you're like, yeah, 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 I'll figure it out, right? And so I ended up making a shit ton of mistakes throughout my life that I hope to God none of my kids make. But at the same time, it's like I'm going to hopefully mentor them a little bit more. And, and, and again, I'm sure they're probably going to go in one ear out there and they're going to fuck it all up. Yeah. Like, yeah. Just, just, yeah. You made up a good point the other day. You said you can have two, two of the exact kids raising the exact same and they'll turn out different. That's exactly it. And I feel like that, like... You raise them exactly the same. You know, it's funny how different, like, imagine some of the mistakes that we've made in our lives, drinking and driving, freaking fighting, freaking anything. If you ever got caught, right? Say you knock someone out and they died. Your life's changed. Yeah, forever. I mean, you're... Yeah, forever. I've been in so many street fights. Like, like if any of those people died, I was screwed. Yeah, not just, you're not talking just juvie time. You're, no. As soon as you get in that system, too, you're... That's what I'm saying. You start that system and you know how that goes. And the same time, like drinking and driving. You know how many times I drank and drive as a kid? Like just being a as admit, a kid, like, yeah, as a, as a as a sixteen, seventeen year old, eighteen year old kid, yeah, like crazy. I know it's stupid as hell. I, mean, I just didn't know that, yeah. But that's how stupid it was. Yeah, like I was sixteen years old in high school drinking with some of the, the you know the varsity guys, and they're like, "Oh, you're a, you're an animal." I'm like, "Yeah, I'm an animal." You know? It's <laughs> like, all I'm cool. I'm cool. Yeah, I'm cool as fuck. I could down three tequizas because because <laughs> <laughs> those are the only ones that tasted good to me. <laughs> You didn't acquire the taste for whiskey or just regular beer yet. No, huh? dude, I was the dude that was like drinking Zimas and, and, and tequizas, bro. Because like I'm like, oh, it doesn't taste good. And then one day, you if you would have had Mike's Hard Lemonade back in the day, you'd have been like, game oh, on. this is, this is it. Yeah, this is what been, I need. Yeah, when Smirnoff came out, I was killing those. I was killing Smirnoffs. Do you just, remember those? Yeah, yeah, well, I remember them. <laughs> it's like a joke. Which if you get iced, like people yeah, will hide the ice around there. Dude, yeah. they didn't have that when I was younger. It would have been fun. Yeah, it would have been fun. I would have been trashed. <laughs> But the thing is, like, I remember the day beer started tasting good. Do you remember that day when beer started tasting good to you? I had a, I had a, I had a brother that was like eight years older than me. He, well, he is eight years older than me. So I kind of got introduced to drinking at a pretty early age, and it was pretty much beer. So yeah, well, that, I'm Hispanic, right? We started drinking at a young age with your father, right? He's like, <laughs> yeah. hear me, home. Grab a beer. As long as you stay home, it's okay. Yeah. Well, beer does taste different to me now. Like, I remember what it used to taste like when I was younger compared to now. Yeah, exactly. Dude, when I was younger, I remember I came home from a, from a baseball practice. I think it was in the summer, probably from 16 to 17. And uh, I was looking for something to drink. The house had nothing. My dad had a fridge in the backyard full of beers. I mean, always full of fucking beer. I made shit tons of money off my father in recycling cans. What kind of beer? But light, bro. The, the, real, the real Mexican beer. <laughs> I thought it was Budweiser. No, no, no. My my brother calls it the real Mexican beer. Like, My brother does? Yeah, because there's more Mexicans that drink Bud Light than they do fucking Coronas. <laughs> yeah, well, I guess uh, like Mexicans don't really like Coronas that much, do they? Dude, I'm not a fan of Corona. I'm not a fan. I, I love uh, Tecate. Mm -hmm. That's probably my favorite beer. But, dude, that one puts the weight on. That one, yeah. Packs on the calories. Yeah, that's the first time I really got trashed at a baseball game. I was like 17. It was a Sunday league game with my buddies called the Stogies. It was one of my, one of my summer teams I played them with. It was like a, a grown men's league, but I played there. It was like 16, 17. They handed me a Tecate, and I think I drank two, and I passed it on the table. At the, at the field? Yeah, at the or, field. Yeah, oh. at the field. They had to wake me up, and I was like, oh, yeah, it's time to go home. I'm like, oh, shit, I'm, at, I'm out. Did you, like, some of the guys just carried beers in their bag? Dude, yeah, it's one of those things, right? Yeah. Like, like the Stogies was... I played was, in a few leagues like that. The Stogies was one of those great teams that, that the, the San Fernando Valley knew about. It's the guys who just, they didn't go to, or they went to college and nothing happened. They, they just local, well-known ballplayers, and they, it was just a fun team to play on. I was just honored just to be on that team. Yeah. Yeah, it was one of those teams. But, like I said... I came home one day from a summer baseball game, um, nothing to drink, went to the back, grabbed one beer. I took a major sip from that motherfucker, and I was like, oh, my God. That, that tastes was, so good. That was great. Mm. That was great. It, it, it seriously was one of those mouth-quenching damn things. So then I drank two, and then I drank three, and then I fell asleep right there. My mom came home, and I had to grab all the bottles and run to the backyard. Oh, shit. <laughs> but that's the day. What are you going to do the yeah. first time one of your kids, you catch them drinking a beer or something? It's one of those things, too. I think, you know, like, in my house, I'd be interested to introduce them to the idea of it. It's scary, though, because I don't want any of them to be like me, right? 16, 17 years old, drinking with a bunch of older kids and hanging out. Like, it's the scary thing. Um, but I, I, I'm not the type of parents like, hey, you can, you can fucking do lines of coke in my house. As long as it's in my house, I'm cool with it. Like, fuck no, dude. Oh, yeah, here, smoke this joint yeah, with me. Yeah, smoke this joint. Like, <laughs> fuck you, dude. That's not going to happen, right? 
But you want to have a beer in the house uh, New Year's Eve with a family and you're uh, 16, 17, uh, I might let it slide. You know? I think you're allowed to do that too. I, th- I think you're allowed to. I, hope I, mean, so. I don't know about the state of Utah. Well, yeah, well, let, yeah. Let's check the laws. <laughs> I'll check first the check the laws before I get arrested. <laughs> yeah, then I'm gonna allow them to drink a beer. I, I think I got their web their web page bookmarked just so I know what all the rules are. Oh man, it's so here. different being here in Utah. But yeah. like I said, it's, it's it's a good thing though. Yeah. I think that. that so let's get let's hit the two well, next we, kids. Yeah, we got. I was yeah. gonna say we get to the next kids. So now. we got Taylor. Taylor's uh you know one of my stepchildren, and again our family we don't go by that. Like you you've heard we don't. We don't use step anything. No, it's all it's you. You always say I have six kids. Yeah, and, and I'm not a fan of that, right? I, but I don't. I don't see them as six kids. When I took them into my household, when when, when we got married, I decided these are my kids, and I treat them as such. Uh, I discipline them the same. I talk to them the same, and no difference. If you're in my household, you're my kid. You get treated the same, and that's with love and with discipline. It's just the way it goes. And so Taylor's my really meek, quiet personality. She's really coming to though, because being around the other four. She's, you have to have a personality. Yeah, they play a lot, and they're they have to, and you you have to be tough. Yeah, you got you got to be able to deal with it. You got to be be able to dish it out as much as you get it. And so she's learning a lot with that man. The girl is just the sweetest thing, and so it's exciting to see to learn more about her personality. I'm excited to see which route she takes, whether it's sports, whether it's tumbling, uh, what it, what what she does. She's great. She's a great student. Uh, I would love to see her come out of her shell a little bit more. And I think slowly it's happening. Yeah. yeah, well, I think, like you said, with the other kids around, they're always doing something. They're, most of them are out of their shell in that sense. Yeah, but. you kind of have to in this house. It's a very independent world. You know, They all serve themselves. They, you know what I mean? You've seen it. Yeah, yeah. It's a bunch of soldiers in here. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> and then the youngest one we have is Jarek, and that's another one of my stepkids again. Like I said, we don't call him that, but just so you understand who I'm talking about. My youngest son, his name is Jarek. Uh, you know, when he first came into my life, he was a very big mama's boy, and that is something for me that, like, I do not put up with it. Just it just didn't fly well with It you, doesn't huh? happen, right? And I understand it, right? Like, I think that's why me and Chrissy, our parenting works really well. I'm the disciplinary person, and she is the nurturer. But uh, for me, he's a boy. And I, I, we, I told her really early in life, I said, listen, you allow me to raise this boy as one of my own, um, or else I don't know what we're even doing here, right? Because yeah. You can't treat you can't treat five of them one way or four of them one way and then two the other. Exactly, it's just not it just doesn't roll in this household. I just want to allow it. the dogs. You hear the dogs barking? I hear them a little uh, bit. Yeah. yeah, I'm gonna give I'm gonna shoot a text. But you know, <laughs> kids, get those damn dogs before I start choking them. Before I choke them. Um, but one of those things is, Jarek, I'm trying to raise him to be a little bit more tough, a little bit less reliant on mom, and more independent on himself. He's a little brainchild though. He is. Kid is smart. He's what four. He is four and he can read. He can read at a second grade level. Yeah. So it's got it going on. That's insane. I just shot the text to my daughter like, get those dogs to shut up, please. Uh, but uh yeah, so it's the craziest thing. You have six kids, all six different personalities. And, and you know the scariest thing is a parent, and you don't know this yet, right? Because like you know how you have a you have a dog who you treat as your son, right? Yeah, that's that's my and, little and my little man. It's probably very but similar but less uh, complicated, right? Because these kids all have different personalities. Yeah, I just got one dog who's got one weird personality, and that's it. Yeah, just super scared. Yeah, he's just scared all the time. Well, it's trying to be super scared. <laughs> yeah, he's just a spaz. But the crazy thing about these kids is like I'm so terrified that like, what am I gonna do while raising them and fuck them up? You know, I, there's a chance that. I raise all these kids the best I possibly can, and one's still going to be a serial killer. It, I mean, it's, that's a that's a pretty dark way of looking at it, but it's, <laughs> it's possible. You know, you never know. Like, I thought about the other day. I was like, well, the odds are when you find the one lighting the lighting the fire in the backyard, burning right. something down, then that's when you're going to kind of get it scared. Well, it's it's always scary, man. You get, I have one hunter. He was drawing like these dark pictures, and he's like, and so I'm like this one kid, he kills this kid, and he's like, he's like, Dad, can you help me publish this book? I'm like, fuck no, <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> absolutely fucking not. I'm not, not going to let you publish this crazy ass fucking thing. What's wrong with you? Like, what have you been watching? Yeah. Well, the thing is like half the shit they see on tv they just want to regurgitate on paper or something and i'm just like what the fuck is that dude yeah because i mean well mostly they're watching like disney channel most time aren't they yeah but you know what they have they have access to netflix and when they go on that so i i just had to put i just had to put all the restraints on all these all their phones their little ipads and everything so they couldn't get to i guess the stuff that they were trying to watch is just some crazy dark shit dude there's like cartoons out there that are fucked up yeah there's yeah there's some uh... i mean just think about Think about what's the what's that cartoon man with um the donkey and freaking Shrek? Yeah, dude, there's more sexual innuendos in that fucking movie than than, than dude a regular fucking adult film. Well, they make that's what they do nowadays. They make those cartoons for adults so the adults can watch them a hundred times or a thousand times with their kid, 
and they have to keep the parents entertained at least a little bit yeah man but like that was just crazy to me i think that was too much i watched uh anytime you got eddie murphy oh my god voicing one of the greatest guys ever yeah one of the greatest comedians ever ever but his his shows like delirious and raw those were they are freaking dark yeah not just dark they're funny but like it's it's that humor that's like whoa yeah that edgy humor it's one of those like you know we talked about this like big big fans of the com uh the comedy uh world right all the comedians out there i'm a big fan of a lot of like just even joe rogan's comedy is just crazy because you wouldn't expect joe rogan to be cussing as much as he does oh yeah he gets i didn't know that much either and then i started watching his comedies and i was like or stand up i was like oh he's a little bit yeah but then you go back to richard pryor i started watching comedy richard pryor was the first one that i, I think i remember even watching you know then you got andrew dice clay another one yeah was, dude he was roddy crazy. dangerfield was really roddy, Dan- roddy dangerfield who's the dude that died he used to scream all the time ah! sam kennison yeah dude, yeah ah! <laughs> Yeah, dude, yeah. that guy was fucking awesome, dude. Yeah, he's crazy. I want to do stand-up comedy. I, I think you got to do it. I just, uh, I mean, so, so yeah, I know you've got some stuff probably written down, dude. I've been writing shit for stand-up comedy for about five years now. I have a full-on page of shit. I, I have a forty-five minute set. Forty-five minutes. Forty-five minute set. Like, like I've been writing for that. For that You're eight- almost ready for your HBO special. <laughs> That's exactly what I was gonna say. I've been writing for the HBO special for so long. I'm actually ready for it. And I've uh, I've done it once. I've told you about this. Yeah, yeah. You told me that you've you it's it's somewhere out there. Oh, with man, what you I, said. I hope it never Somebody com- might have it. I hope it never comes to life. I know the one guy that actually probably has it too. Oh man, I'm nervous. Well, here, here. Let me see so you guys are listening. So you guys don't know. I think it was about 2000. Oh man, 12. Probably 2012, 2013, I was in El Paso with my buddy. He was an old Ranger buddy of mine named John Kupitz. Awesome dude. Love you, buddy. Uh, I have to give you a call here soon. But uh, sitting there, we're drinking with him. He, he invited a couple of his buddies, and we went to this open mic night. And it was by chance. We were just looking for a place to drink beers that's just cool, right? Yeah. And so then uh, we drank those dogfish ones. There's like 9% beers. Oh yeah, that'll that'll those will fill you up and yeah. they'll get you a little bit tipsy. Yeah, and we threw about three of those back real quick, and this is after we've already did the, the starter at uh, Twin Peaks, the beer. Oh, that, uh, Twin Peaks is like the like the Eastern Hooters thing, right? Isn't kind it? Kind of, dude. But you know why I love Twin Peaks, and I and I, I keep having to convince Christy about this. I, I convince her all the time, like I love Twin Peaks because those beers are so fucking cold. Yeah, dude, they're, they're they show up with ice in the motherfuckers, bro. Yeah, frost, nice frosted. Dude, mud. it's the best the best fucking place to drink a beer. But so then we started there, went to this place, I believe it's called. Fuck, coconut something. I don't know, coconut Joe's or some shit, whatever it is. But uh, we showed up and it was uh, it was <laughs> open mic night and it was called Positive Sexuality. <laughs> yeah, you had to talk about sexual stuff, huh? Yeah, and so... Positive sex. But it's got to be positive. It's got to be de- positive. None of this degrading yeah, sexuality. Yeah, you can't put anyone down. And yeah. so my buddies were like, dude, I bet you wouldn't do it. And I was like, I'm already drunk. Let's fucking do it, right? And so, but the thing is, if you, if you guys know me, if you guys are listening to me, you know who I am. I don't go fucking half-ass at anything. Not, not one bit. Not one fucking bit. Like, I, if I'm going to go up there, I'm going to try and fucking win the show, right? I'm going to try and be the best motherfucker there is. And so I sat there for about, I had about 15 minutes to prepare. Well, I didn't know. My buddy went up there and paid extra for me to uh, be first. Yeah, whatever. So what he a, just burns you? Yeah. What That's a, like when you're, it's not even your birthday and somebody tells the, at the bar, at the restaurant that it's your birthday. Yeah, and it they, comes, yeah, they make you sit on a saddle and start fucking singing or some yeah, shit. Take yeah, take a picture, hold exactly, a sign. Exactly. And so that's what they did. So they said I was first. I sat and thought about like a positive sexuality and, and, I, and I wasn't sure how to do it. And so I did it. I just knew this. I knew that there's a beginning, a middle, and an end. I've been listening to uh, comedy for so long. I knew there was a beginning, a starter, the middle that's funny, and close it with something maybe that bring it back from the first joke right yeah and so that's kind of the format i used and i and i did it and um that's it it doesn't exist anymore <laughs> it's it exi- it's out there somewhere do you remember any of it oh i do i do i thought it just it just can't be said yeah here. it's just it's just too much I, I talked about the first time i've ever masturbated right yeah and like how scared i was it was just scary and just a scary experience i don't think a lot of kids were thinking that was like a scary experience <laughs> i think everyone in their head it was terrified of the moment like yeah. what just happened every kid thought saw that when they seen the jc penny's lingerie section or something like yeah, that they was, weren't scared <laughs> oh god it was so bad remember like everyone's term for like it was like dude i was beating my meat remember when you were younger oh all the all the all the names for it yeah, yeah. beating your meat like that's i do the god you can't, uh, yeah. I, dude. I hope that thing doesn't show up. <laughs> yeah. Is uh, that what you did? You use that terminology? I did. I talked about it, dude. I talked about it. Yeah. Oh, whatever. God. It's gone for it's fifteen gone. minutes. Uh, no, man. I think I only did it for about three, five to five minutes. Somewhere. It was short because obviously I've never done stand up before. But yeah. But uh, you were know? people laughing though? That's the thing. Oh, they were, dude. That's and that's the, what that's, that's what we like. It was exciting. 
That's what comedy is all about. You just got to make sense. The thing is, like, I didn't have, I didn't have a bad moment. I was up there and, I, and people were laughing, people were smiling. When I was done, they stood up and clapped, and my, my buddies were like, "Dude, that was fucking amazing." Were you sweating or anything? Were you pretty nervous? No, I'm very comfortable about getting on stage with anything. I, I, I can get on stage and do my thing, and especially if you just want me to tell a story, like that's something I can do. Yeah. But uh, I think it was just like. I wish I was prepared for that. And I think it did drive a little bit more like, that's why I started writing even more. So I have, like I said, now I have a full thing. I sent it to a buddy of mine. Oh, a buddy of mine is, uh, man, Griff, Griff played college ball with it in, in uh, Glendale Community College. He does stand-up comedy. Uh-huh. And I sent it to him. Dude, I didn't even think about it. If I look at our messages, if I look at our messages, I might find it. Hey, if you guys are listening, if you guys are interested <laughs> in seeing that, I, I can try and find it. <laughs> Any of you Let us ha- know. Yeah, if any of you have it. I want to watch it. I'm going to look for it here. If, a little if bit any too. of you have it, please do not post it without letting me see it again first. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit tipsy to say whatever you It was bad. You probably thought, you probably think it was a lot cleaner than what it was kind of thing. Pro- I don't know. But I tell you this. What we need to do, we need to go do an open mic. We need to go do an open mic? Yeah, me and you. I'm down to do it. Would you go up there? I'd go up there. No. You're, you would? Yeah, I'd do it. Dude, I'm ready. I mean, I'd, I'd be a little more nervous and stuff than you, but. That's fine. Why are you trying to do like some Abbott and Costello kind of skit? Or? No, no, no. I don't think it works well with a two person unless you really prepare that. This yeah. is I have so much written already. It's just I think it'd be a little bit more confident if we both bombed. It wouldn't feel yeah, so bad. I think I'd, I'd have to go before you in case I bombed, and then you can go up and kind of save it. You'd for Make me look really yeah, good. Make it look really good for <laughs> yeah, you. Yeah, but if you go up there and do really well, then I'm like, oh shit. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna look at you and be like, you should have gone first. <laughs> oh fuck. Well, hey, if any of you guys are listening, uh, you guys live in the Salt Lake area. Let me know if you guys know any open mics because uh, we, we need to start looking at those. I think we need to do it. Yeah, I, I'm sure Salt Lake's got to have a. There's got to be some comedy store. Yeah, here. one of my buddies actually, you know, Jamie Keller. Yeah, K- Jamie Keller just just performed here. I think about about two months ago. I mean, I don't know if we're gonna be able to get into like the Laugh Factory if it's here or oh, anything crazy. No, like I that. ain't ready for all that, dude. I've seen a couple buddies go up there and bomb. I, I think every comedian bombs at least once. Well, I've heard. Or, the, I mean, I've heard the community uh, 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 of stand up is a very depressed culture. Yeah, you see a lot of them that you know that are. And they're like heavy drinking or drugs yeah, or I don't know, man. You know. I, well, you got to almost be a little bit of a depressed person to come up with some of the jokes that are out there. And <laughs> you know what I mean? I dude, I love it. I think it's so awesome. I think the, the the act of making someone laugh is probably one of the most therapeutic things that we have. Yeah, laughter is the most therapeutic thing you can do. And if you can make somebody do it, exactly, it's gonna make you feel good, right? You know, you know, and, and oh God, man, I think that's why Article Fifteen was so successful. I think that's why Matt Best was able to have these viral, viral videos because he was able to find a subject that was relatable and find the humor in that subject and make fun of himself or ourselves for the community to laugh at. Yeah, you got to find, you got to have a little bit of humility to, you know. Yeah, exactly. And so I think that's why it was so successful. And so it's crazy. And now, now look at us. From that till now I'm here with my own fucking podcast hanging out. Those YouTube videos are good though. Like the ones you guys They're do. Great. Like, that bitch I operate. That no, that song was, you guys that's did? one of my favorite. Things. It's great. It's great. Yeah, that one and, and Tactical. Tactical is one of my other favorites, man. I think it's fucking amazing. I gotta check it out. I haven't seen that one yet. Oh, Tactical is cool because well, if you know the Tactical community, it just we just shit on a few people, but at the same time, we just kind of laugh at ourselves for being tactical douchey dudes, man. That's that's what you know. You just go out there and shoot, and it's just a it's a funny community, and I love the community because it's us. But we were able to make fun of ourselves, step back and make fun of yourself. I think that's one of the. Uh, most important things you have to do in life. Did you ever get into like the three gun competition? I thing? haven't. I'm actually thinking about messing with it because uh, another buddy of mine, he is a big time advocate for that, and uh, he believes it's just better for your shooting. It just makes it, it makes you a better shot. So what are the three guns? Is it? It's a dude. You're talking assault rifle, pistol. And yeah, I think it's like an a- shotgun I, or I something like that. Yeah, I think it's an AR. I think it's a pistol of some sort, and I think it's a shotgun. But again, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. We'll have to look. I, I'm just. I you know I have my guns I have them around the house and just for personal protection I don't I don't shoot as much as I wish I did, but uh, you know I'm still pretty confident with it. I'm not the greatest shot of a pistol. I'm not either. I'm pretty good with a rifle, but here's the craziest like the craziest thing. Probably like you know like I said I failed a lot of shit in my life like like a lot of shit and shit that I'm like not proud of. I'm definitely embarrassed about, but it, it is what it is. Right? I went to a shooting course for the border patrol and failed. Really? Oh my god! Like it, miserably it, or just miserably? No, wasn't miserably. I lost. It was like by like three points. But I mean, even if you were that close, that's pretty miserable. Were they like shooting dude, shooting a pistol? You uh, you were in the military, an dude, army ranger, that was the thing. and they're like, I dude, that's something that's over my head every fucking day, dude. Like, 
oh, you, you can't shoot a pistol? God, I thought you were an army ranger. Like, bitch, I don't I, shoot a pistol in the rangers. Yeah. In Ranger Battalion, I don't shoot a fucking pistol. Like, I shot a fucking M4, and uh, I was pretty good. But that doesn't correlate to a fucking pistol, which there's a lot more mistakes in pistol. There's, there's a lot more room for error with a pistol. And so it's like, I fucking, it took me years to get over that fucking, they like, they wanted to send me back. I'm like, nope. Not doing it. <laughs> like, not doing it. No. You're not going to see this motherfucker fail twice. Yeah. <laughs> so like me, from problem for me is, is when I'm shooting a pistol with like two eyes open, I get that real bad double vision, you know, and I guess everybody in yeah, a dude, sense it, does. Fuck, but. I don't even know what, the, I don't even know how to fix that. Don't even, don't even <laughs> no, no, I'm not, I'm not fuck, taking, fuck I'm not taking gun tips from the guy that failed his yeah, pistol Yeah, that's exactly, that's exactly like, I, you know, but I, I went on to uh, practice a lot more and I started getting to using a Glock. And so now I just use Glocks, right? Because the Border Patrol used to give us a, it's a, what is it? An HKP 2000. That's what it was. And it was fucking different. The trigger squeeze on that was different. And there's no excuses. I just fucking sucked. <laughs> no, right? I'm, not, no, I'm not trying to make no excuses, excuses right now. But. I should have, I should have passed. Uh, I remember uh, I knew I was close. I knew I threw a few rounds and I was like, oh my God. So I started getting in my head. And then it was a mag change. And when I went to grab the mag, shoom, that motherfucker flew. It went out of my hands. Just like went like ten feet away, and I was like, "Oh fuck!" <laughs> point, point your point your pistol everywhere, looking yeah. for the gun. I was like, oh, <laughs> looking for the, for the bag. I just kind of like gave up. I was like, "All right, I fucked up. Oh well, I'll do it the second time." And he was like, "You failed twice. You're done." So the second time, I fucking failed. And so one one bullet round, one bullet strike, I believe, was three points if you got in the center, something like that. And I remember they, I was, I missed it by three. And so they sat there and counted. They counted. They looked behind it. They looked in front of it, and I'm like, "Oh fuck, it's that close!" But now they're starting to look behind the fucking target and look for like maybe they're counting wrong because they they gave me the benefit of the doubt. They mm-hmm. they wanted me to pass. They were really good instructors, but I fucking bombed it, dude. And so uh, I I came home to my special operations team in the border patrol, and they were just like, "What the fuck?" Dude? They already knew about it. Yeah, they knew. And it was embarrassing. I didn't even call them. I was like, "Fuck it, they know already." Like, just I'm gonna go home and drink a couple <laughs> beers. I'm gonna sit on this one for a while. I'm gonna get fucking trash, dude. You know, like. If anyone knows me, like throughout my military career, I've gotten like leadership awards and fucking and fucking undergraduates and, and, and I've always done really well in uh, courses. It's kind of where I shine, right? It seems like I seem to turn it on at, at the hardest times. And so for me to fail that for me was like, dude, am I getting old? Like, what am I doing wrong? Like I questioned my fucking life, dude. I questioned everything. I was pissed. And it took me a while to bounce back from that because it's embarrassing, dude. It's like, and I think the one best thing about embarrassment was I was able to just like own up to it. And like people are like, dude, you fail. Like, yeah, fuck yeah, dude. I fucked, I fucking fucked up. Failing is never good. Like, I mean, it's never, it's something that you can't, it's hard to swallow. It's just. Well, dude, it's funny. Like we're talking about the kids. I feel like there's so many people these days that raise their kids thinking it's okay to fucking fail. Oh, I hate that, that consolation trophy that every kid gets to the, just because the participation trophy. The participation award, right. And then some places even cut trophies out, period, because they don't want to make no, some every, kids feel bad. Everyone's a winner. Yeah, everybody's the a winner. fuck out of No, they're not. No, they didn't win a single freaking game this year. They're not. Yeah, they fucking suck, and they need practice. <laughs> yeah, they, they, all they got to do is work harder. <laughs> well, dude, that's the thing. It, it, when, when, when people start raising their kids like that, it's like, Oh, that's a, that's this is exactly why I make I'm making Starla wrestle one more season. It's because like oh, because it's hard. I don't give a fuck. Like it's hard. What the fuck does that even mean? Like, yeah, it's wrestling. It's like one of the hardest sports you can play or you I, can compete in. I should say you don't really play it. You compete in it. It's exactly. It's one of the hardest fucking. Yeah, and you're good. Yeah. So you're gonna fucking do it again. And like you know what? And and after this season, if she decides it's just not for her. I'll believe her, but I'm more believer when I see her get on that mat and just give up. Well, you said like you said also like Hunter, he's not going to play baseball. He's going to do hockey now, right, right? Exactly, because he just doesn't like he doesn't want it. Like he doesn't show up to the game and give his all, and then just say, "Hey, Dad, I don't like it." No, he shows up and just doesn't want it. Yeah, right, and, and that's fine. Okay, it's not your sport, no big deal. Starla shows up and fights so fucking hard. That the boys are like telling their dads, like, Dad, I don't want to wrestle her. She's just, she's really tough. She's a feisty girl. She's a fucking fighter. Yeah. And so if you don't like something, dude, you think you're going to sit there and fucking like just fight back? Like, fuck no. Like, I would, I think she would lay down. And this could be one of the worst decisions as a father ever, right? And people are probably going to be like, oh, you're an asshole for making a wrestle. Like, okay, fuck you. When your kid's in the same position, you do that. But I'm trying to raise winners here, right? I'm trying to wear, raise kids that are the willingness to engage, the willingness to. Uh, to just fight when it's hard. I think I think what people forget is that life is fucking hard. 
Yeah, you're not going to get any any sympathy in life. Exactly. Life is fucking hard, right? And if you let your fucking kids quit because they say it's hard, not because it's not in their heart, because she fights like hell, right? Not because it's just not a passion theirs, but if they quit only because it's hard, I think it's fucking wrong. Yeah, you can't let I think I think they're going to quit every time life gets hard, they're going to quit. And then you run the, you run the risk of them quitting life completely when they get older. Yeah, they quit one thing. Yeah. They're I mean, bound to quit something exactly. something later. So then they have a heartbreak and they quit. And they, you know, like, like fuck no, dude. So I'm telling you right now, for those of you listening, you guys are going to probably follow the, the, the wrestling career of this girl. She's going to wrestle this year against girls only. And I pray, I pray that she finds success because she found so much success in wrestling against boys, but very little wins. And I want to say success. She, uh, the boy in the picture on my Instagram, I posted it. You know, if you guys want to check out my Instagram, it's vincent.rocco.vargas about 10 pictures down. It shows my daughter there wrestling on top of a boy, and she's like smiling, right? She, she's not smiling. She's looking up really confident, looking at the coach, waiting for the next move. That alone was like, dude, that was awesome, right? Like this yeah. girl just has the confidence just like to, to take to take uh, instruction from the coach and be poised enough to do it. The boy that she lost to that day was by one point. That boy that ended this season, last season, was the fifth in the state of Texas. Yeah. Fifth then- in the state of Texas, and she lost by one point in overtime. In overtime. And understand, like, the whole crowd was watching, like, holy shit, who is this girl? And she's fucking, she's fucking sprawling, she's shooting in, she's freaking sitting out, she's doing all the fucking moves, and she lost by one point. And she came crying to me, and she's like, Dad, I suck, I'm, I'm not good. I'm like, you're out of your mind. Yeah. That, that, that loss doesn't represent failure. That loss doesn't represent you're terrible. That loss represented, like, you fought like fucking hell and you belong here. It'd be, yeah, it'd be one thing if your kid's losing, you know, getting teched every every match, you <laughs> exactly. know what I mean? But, that was Hunter. Yeah. Hunter showed up without any heart and passion for it. He didn't want it. And it was getting scary because he showed up and let them flip it the fuck out of him, dude. I, I mean, I saw him getting hit tossed. Yeah. And I'm like, all right, that's enough. This kid doesn't belong on the, on the mat because he doesn't want to fight back. Now I'm risking injury. And I don't want to risk injury in my kids. And so that's why he's done wrestling. But that doesn't mean I let him quit. No, they're all going to play a fucking sport. Yeah, they got to be at least involved in something. You can't yeah. just sit around all day. Do well, you, you know what he's going to do? Hockey. Yeah, that's crazy. The kid that's not who doesn't want to fight at all decided he wanted to play hockey. So this is going to be a fun ride for that well, kid. They don't. I don't think they let you fight when you're younger. Oh, come on. They got you, to. When you get older. I don't think they're going to just let them drop gloves and start, start oh. punching. Well, I hope they do because that would be awesome to watch. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine that, a bunch of little 10-year-olds out there just dropping gloves. Oh, dude. And you know what? Like, We can just get into this here right now. It's like, I think the reason why I'm able to face failure so well is because baseball. Yeah. You know, and this is going to be a whole podcast. I'd love to have the guys from baseball as men here, you know, and talk about some ping-dinger. But, uh, but baseball, man, I mean, I had games. Dude, the junior college, no, it was a... It was a it was the Legion All-Star game. I was in the Legion All-Star game. We're playing uh, at the college that I ended up going to. And uh, I started. Then we took us out. And then it goes into extra innings. Boom, they put me back in the right field. There was a kid that was in second base that I swear was one of the fastest kids in the All-Star game. The guy had so many stolen bases. He's on second base. He is the tying run. Uh, and we have two outs. Nope, sorry, one out. Pop up to me. And I'm like, dude, I'm going to hose this motherfucker at third. I'm going to be the damn hero. Right, I thought about throwing him out so much. Like I visualized and I was ready to go. Boom! I dropped the ball. I went to try and throw it before I even had it. You know how that goes. Yeah, you just go ahead and start your crow hop earlier. Right, just start. exactly. I was like, boom! Drop the ball. Glove is already closed. I dropped the fucking ball and then I grab it and just throw it home because I know there's he's going next. And I overthrow that motherfucker. He scores. The next guy goes all the way to third. Next dude in base hit scores run. They win. Did you, did you just have your head down out there, just like? Bro, oh. I was so fucking embarrassed about this shit, dude. Like, I it, it broke my heart. It was the most embarrassing fucking thing. My mom's there. She's like, "Vinny, you did good." I'm like, "What? Like, what are you talking about?" So uh, you made the All Star team, huh? <laughs> yeah, I'm like I lost the <laughs> who game. Do you, who did your parents know? Like, how did you get on this team? <laughs> <laughs> People hated me, bro. I swear, I had friends that didn't even look at me. They just didn't talk to you for like, yeah, like hey, like, what are you guys doing at the game? Not hanging out with you. Yeah, not with you, motherfucker. You dropped the ball. It's like, dude, it was fucking hard to take. I've gone home from baseball games thinking, like, fuck this sport. I'm done. I'm done. Yeah, and you know that. It'll, yeah, it'll, it'll, it'll literally rip your heart out. Like, literally, but it'll just tear you it up. Was, yeah, baseball was my first love and my first heartbreak. Yep. Mine first first 30. Well. First 30 heartbreaks. <laughs> first 30. <laughs> I've had a few home runs hit off me that uh, ended the game. Walk-offs. Yep, that's happened to me. Dude, several grand slams. 
to end the game. End the game. To walk off. Yep. And I throw the pitch. I hit it. They hit it. And I'm like, all right, I'm out of here. <laughs> I'm start walking to the bus. Yeah. <laughs> I'll see you guys on the bus. Don't even talk to yep, me. Yep. My bad, dog. I'm not shaking any hands. Oh, dude. But like, I've given up a couple. Of, I've given up a couple myself. It hurt. I don't know about grand slams and home runs, but I've given up a couple walk offs. Dude, it sucked. It sucked. But that's 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 where I think I've learned the initial bounce back. Right, I, I think that's where I learned the first initial bounce back, and then, you know, uh, lost some friends. There's a couple friends of ours from back home that were uh, killed due to gang violence, and that was weird to take. Right? Yeah. It's just kind of one of those weird things that I did grow up in L.A. in the in the San Fernando Valley area, and in mainly in the shit. It's Northridge now. It was North Hills, Sepulveda, Pan Am City is really where I spend a lot of my time with one of my best friends out there, and so I did see. A lot of gang violence. Man, my my buddy's family has ties with the Mexican mafia, and so you know you're just around it. Our our school was f- covered in freaking trece, freaking uh, you know gangs. I mean, those are gangs that are associated with with uh, the Mexican mafia. Those are Southsiders, Sureños, right? And so it's like you see it. I stayed away from it as much as I possibly could because of baseball, because of the way my dad. Um, had me fully, fully engulfed in sports so that my time was occupied other than hanging out in the streets. But when I wasn't there, I was with my boys. And uh, I'm actually writing a story about this called Eddie's Bullpen. It's actually one of the places that kept me away from a lot of shit because it was the place that you can go when you're not playing baseball, when you're like summertime or something like that. You're not, you can go there and hang out, and it's like a baseball card shop, comic book shop. And, uh, dude, it was like all these rival gangs and stuff would just go there. It's like the truce, the location where you can just hang out with your boy. Yeah, they were all right with it. Didn't matter. He's like, you showed there, there, there was there was bloods there, there was crips there, there was freaking uh, you know, all the different surrender gangs you could think of in the in the Panama City area. But when you go there, it was just focused, dedicated to sports. Like we played on a volley, I mean, not a volley, we played on a basketball team, we played on a freaking flag football team, we played on a baseball team, and it was just one of the coolest things that these brothers, these three brothers, made this like little community, and it was just the safe place to, for us to go. It was over there in Panama City, man, and which is if anyone listening knows Panama City. And dude, I'd be at my boy's house and there would be a drive-by, right? They like I knew what I knew what gunfire was before I joined the military. I knew what it sounds like when it comes close. There was bars on every window, kind of deal. Well, it's not even that. There wasn't bars. It was just like, it's just it was just uh, and it wasn't even considered a hood, right? Like the, the, there's the hood. I've seen some hoods. It's just common ground, dude. It's just just what, what reality was for us growing up in that area with with just the gangs around it, you know. And I didn't think much of it until I, I started going around other people that didn't know that. And I was like, oh, shit. And I lived actually in a, in a nicer area. The area I grew up was more, it was like, there was, this, there was a freeway. And you lived on the left side of the freeway. It was kind of a safer area. And you lived on the right side. You start going towards a lot of the bad areas. I mean, there was a street, Orion. Dude, I remember honking, trying to get, pick up my buddy, and four dudes run through the door trying to sell me drugs. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, yeah, what do you want? What, you want what, 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 you bro? what you need, bro? I'm like, oh, shit, I don't need nothing, no, I'm, just, I'm just calling my buddy real uh, quick. Yeah, is Gabriel? Is Gabriel around? <laughs> <laughs> but that's how it was, right? Like, I was in a school where there was a kid that got stabbed 20-something times with a pencil. I was in a school where we lost in a play. Oh, we beat Compton in a playoff game, and they did a drive-by and killed one of our students. No shit. Yeah, legit. So, so it's like, in the area, it was like, it was there. It wasn't. I wasn't involved in it, like a lot of like my like some of my friends were. But dude, we were around it. You know what I'm saying? I was at a, I was at a Sunday league baseball game. And there was a drive in. They killed a like a 14 year old kid who threw up the wrong gang sign. It, it, I don't know. You know, it, it was. It's very weird. It's a lifestyle. I know though. I I remember when I when like you know we first met each other up in Chico. You were telling me that. You know, like you had to wear white shirts with certain colored pants and shoes. Because well, you yeah, <laughs> dude, yeah. Like you remember British Knights? Oh yeah, BKs. The BKs. Oh yeah. So there's a version of BKs that looked a lot like the Nike Cortezes, and they had a BK, and there's a gang that went to a school called 13K, and so the B looked like a 13, and so my buddy Roman bought those shoes. They said BK. And he wasn't a he wasn't a thirteen K cat. He just bought the dope ass shoes. Yeah, he didn't know any better. All right, like we all dressed the side. Dude, we all wore solo jeans and freaking. I was wearing thirty eights as a freaking fifteen year old kid. And I wear thirty eights now as a fucking thirty six year old. Right? <laughs> I'm like two hundred pounds heavier. Right. <laughs> so the thing is, like, it was just we all did that shit, right? So he's wearing those, and I remember these dudes came up to us and they fucking tried to hit him up for his shoes, and we're like, oh, we about to fight, you know? Because Roman, he don't take no shit from no motherfucker, and I'm sitting, there, I'm backing him up too. I'm, I'm, I'm a fighter, scared out of my fucking mind, but I'm a fighter. <laughs> Because you don't know what that turns into, dude. We just know where we're at. Like, if you start a fucking feud with some crew, 
yeah, potentially they're always going to fucking chase you down, right? And so this kid was trying to take his shoes, and we were able to just talk him down because, like, they respected us enough, thank God. Yeah. Or else it could have been a fucking lifelong feud with some fucking crew that didn't like us because we got jumped for some fucking shoes. And that that's the thing is like I you wear red in the wrong place, you wear blue in the wrong place, and then it started turning to fucking you wear purple and orange and you're like fuck man, I don't know no shit. We're running no out of colors pretty yeah, soon. Yeah, I'm just gonna wear a white shirt and a fucking gray hoodie. I'm good. Leave me alone. <laughs> you shave your head, you get fucking hit up. Like <laughs> dude, you you'll go get a soda in school and someone goes, Where you from, homie? I'm like, What the fuck, dude? I'm like, I'm, I'm from uh, down the street, dog. I'm like, like from math class, yeah, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I'm I'm uh, I don't know. What do you mean? Like, what does that mean? <laughs> but it's like growing up with a guy like my dad. Like, my dad was a, you know, he, he he was a gangster back in the day. But it's so different, right? The evolution of gangs, right? I think I think that's one of the most interesting concepts is back then my father used to watch warlords fight in New York with belts. Yeah, you said he grew up in, like, Brooklyn. Or he, the, he grew up in the Bronx. In the Bronx, that's right. He grew up in the, but the crazy thing was like this. He tells a story that, that two gangs, rival gangs, they showed up. And uh, they were going to fight. And it wasn't a rumble, dude. They got to two fucking warlords. And they showed up in the center. And they fucking started beating the fuck out of each other with belts. West Side Story kind of stuff. Exactly. And he's watching from the rooftop and shit. And they're fucking beating the fuck out of each other. And he's like, yeah, right? He said that. They pointed at, at his little crew. And they all got scared. Like, oh, fuck. We're out of here. <laughs> he thought that they were next, right? So then he fucking moves to L.A. He moves to L.A. He moved there around 14 years old. 13, 14. He moved in the Echo Park area. And then he kind of got associated with those dudes. Right, so he was an Echo Park kid, just growing up there, protecting the streets. It became like a neighborhood thing, right? Have you ever seen the movie The Bronx Tale? A Bronx, no, I haven't one, seen it. One of the best fucking movies, and he made us watch it as a kid several times. But it just kind of talks about it. it's just really a cultural thing. It's a protect the neighborhood thing. It's really what it was. Yeah, it was a different thing back then. Like it was protecting right, the neighborhood. Right, and so it turned into like you know he got in trouble. He uh, he got caught into a little little bit of a fight with a little bit of another rival gang. And uh, that's when he had his opportunity to finally jump away from that shit. He joined the Marines, and he became a Marine. And that, I think he stayed away from that culture, not because of his own. I think he ended up meeting my mom and decided, he, you know, my mom wouldn't have it. Yeah, right? I was going to say, your mom probably didn't put up with that shit. No, huh? she wasn't going to have it. But, you know, it's it's just part of his culture. It's what he knows, right? And so, at, by the time I was growing up, you know, gangs turned from that to start gang banging. And actually, the evolution was a, a tagging, and then from tagging went to way more gang bangers because there was gang bangers, but then there was taggers. And then it, by the time I was getting to high school, there was kind of a they kind of bridged that gap where where gang where taggers started gang banging as well. And so like everyone at school is some kind of fucking association of somebody, right? And so you just kind of stayed away from that, right? And we were around it. We had friends. You know what I mean? Like, I have friends that are named Stomps. You know what I mean? I got <laughs> what was your tagger name? I, I don't have a tagger name. You don't name. have a tagger name? No, my, no, no. If you did, what would it be? Well, dude, they all called me Goat as a oh, kid. Oh, that's right. Remember? That's right, yeah. So that's actually how you you met me. Yeah, that's a, oh, what's up? Um, goat, know, I'm Goat. Van, yeah. I'm Vance, but you can call me Goat. Everyone, I was kind of thinking, like. Everyone called me Goat. What, 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 do you, what am I going to call you the Goat for? <laughs> yeah. Well, this is just my nickname. It's just my nickname. Oh, it's just people call me Goat. I don't know. Dude, yeah. So, like. It just evolved, and now it's now. I think gangs in LA has kind of toned down a little bit. There's still that culture. It's still, it's still. I think it's always going to be there, but uh, yeah, it's just kind of crazy. Growing up, in, growing up in San Fernando Valley, man, it was weird. Yeah, I I got my first experience of it. Not any experience of it, but I, you know, I went down to visit you a few years, ten, you know, ten years oh, ago yeah. down there. It was kind of uh, it was a little different. It is different. It is, and you know, some of my friends they're different. You know what I mean? Yeah. I have I have both sides of it. I have a buddy that's in prison right now, and uh, man, he's a solid dude. And I won't mention his name just for the fact that I you know I don't want to cause any problems for him for him. Yeah. But uh, we grew up since we were about five playing t-ball together growing up. I went and kept playing baseball in high school. He started doing the tagging. Then from tagging, he transitioned to a gang. He got arrested a few times in high school. And once you're associated, then all of a sudden you start paying you for a longer term. So he ended up getting his first sentence, I believe it was like seven years. But here's the crazy thing. He is a Spanish, Spanish guy. Like he is, his father looks Mexican. His mother looks Irish. But he has the Irish skin to the T. <laughs> right. And so he went to prison and he had to house up with uh, one of the white gangs. And you know how prisons are, right? Like, you know, you 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 have to associate with your associate with your kind yeah, for some you kind of protection, to. right? You 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 just fall in line. And so he uh, he started running with them, and eventually, you know, years down the road, he's at man, I can't even tell you how many years he's at now. He's probably around seventeen years now, seventeen years in, and he's fully, you know, white ganged up. And I won't even mention what he's affiliated with or anything like that. 
But uh, he came home. And he got home for a couple of days, and he went about six months, and then going back in. You know how that goes. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a vicious cycle. You can't dude. even, you know, that you walk into a bar, or you hang out, you're seen with somebody that you're not supposed to be seen with. You're going back. Yeah, it's a, it's a wicked cycle. And so he ended up um, going back recently. But it's crazy that like, we took a picture together, and it's just like this dude had to house up with the whites. And he's like half Spanish, mm-hmm. and he's one of my closest friends. Like I'm his best friend. He got out of prison. I was the first guy to go and grab him. You know, I'm like, let's go get a beer. You know, which wasn't the best night. He ended up throwing up that night. <laughs> <laughs> he's, I'm getting wild. Yeah, it's better I mean, than Pruno, man. Oh, Pruno, this stuff. If anyone lives in and doesn't know what Pruno is, it's a prison made uh, hooch, which is actually smells amazing sometimes. There, there's some guys that are in that are like known for being the the Pruno guys, aren't there? Dude, there's guys that are known for everything. There's, yeah. a, there's a guy that knows how to bake a cake for a birthday. There's a guy. <laughs> yeah, you were telling me so about that. He yeah, just yeah. got all the ingredients. Yeah, there's guys that know how to bake a cake for a birthday. There's guys that know how to cook freaking make tamales out of freaking Fritos. You know what I mean? There's guys that that uh you know that do electrical shit so they can make a tattoo gun. There's there's guys that there's guys for everything, right? It's kind of like me. I always know a guy. I, I know. Yeah, but I know a guy. Yeah, but I know a guy. And so, no, dude, it's one of the coolest damn things. But uh, I don't know. I think we let this run run pretty long. Oh, yeah? Where are we at now? Uh, I think we're at a, uh, an hour, uh, just an hour. Not that bad. That's not bad. Yeah. Dude, so just so you guys know, uh, we plan to talk about all kinds of different subjects. This one was really kind of the introduction to the podcast, um, a little bit about me. If you guys have any questions, please hit us up on social media. It's Vinny Rock. Hit up the uh, Instagram, Vinny Rock. Hit up the Facebook, Vinny Rock. Hit up the Twitter, Vinny Rock Podcast. Hit me up on my own social media, Vincent.Rocco.Vargas. Uh, man, I think this show will be successful as the following, right? And so if you guys are interested to hear about stories, you want to talk about something, you're having trouble with your kids, you're, you uh, have trouble about business. I plan to talk about here in the near future about business. I talk about the family. I talk about fitness and some of my struggles with fitness. And, it's, and this is an ongoing thing. Health. I have some heart issues that, that you know, I'll explain and get to you. Um, there's so many different subjects that I want to tackle. Veteran transition is probably going to be the next one. I think I'll talk about that uh, on the next episode. Um, again, if you guys have anything you want to talk about, any notes from this podcast that you want to spout on, anything you want me to regurgitate, you let me know. I'm here for you, man. This is my podcast. This is my podcast for you. It's telling my story, uh, all the failures and, and, and trials and tribulations of my life. And if it, you guys can benefit and not make the same mistakes I did, well, then fuck it. So be it. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, one of these days, we'll have we'll, we'll have a guest. I think our first guest is going to be Matt Best, one of my closest longtime friends and also business partners. But again, uh, that's it for me. And Kasner. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed it. Please uh, hit us up on social media. All right, take care.